You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A new play caller was just what the doctor ordered to get Justin Fields back on track and have this Bears offense clicking in a big week four win over the Detroit Lions. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for more Bears talk, and make sure you click that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thank you for making Locked On Bears your first listen every single day. We're here for you five days a week, free and available on all platforms. And today we'll be joined by a special guest, Big Dave from Locked On Bulls, going to join us to recap this Bears-Lions game. Dave's a Bears fan. He's been fired up about Justin Fields, Matt Nagy, and the whole Bears offense. So we'll go through everything we saw in yesterday's game. We'll look at the progress, the change they seem to make with Bill Lazor calling the plays on offense and the difference that made, what we think they're going to do with Fields and, and Andy Dalton moving forward, whether they might go back to the veteran and what that could entail. And of course, we can't ignore what was a strong performance from this Bears defense for at least the first like two and a half quarters and still overall seem to be showing progress on that side of the ball as well. Really think it's going to be a fun conversation for you today with Dave. He's great. If you've never heard him on the Lockdown Bulls podcast, I'm telling you what, he he has a good time and he definitely will, will keep things light and we will laugh a ton. So let's get right into it. All right, we're joined now by the man himself, Big Dave, one of the co-hosts of Locked on Bulls for what's almost a, it's not quite a crossover because I don't think we're going to talk much Bulls on this podcast, but a fun uh, sharing of our resources here and I think some airing of frustration for Dave and a little bit of a fun recap for what's a little bit more of a a fun Bears game. And I guess, let me me start there with you, Dave. Um, uh, Do you... Do you feel better after beating the Lions that way with Fields playing that well? Or, or where does your where's your frustration level sit now after the last couple of weeks? Uh, first of all, thank you for having me on here. I, I love talking Bears with anybody. It's, it's awesome. But I definitely want to come on this show because I listen to your show and I think it's really good. And thank you. Thank you for having me well, on, thank honestly. You. How do I feel? I'm not as frustrated as I was after the Browns game. And I was doing fine until I listened to Matt Nagy in the press conference. And then <laughs> that frustration really just kicked right back up. I, I kept saying during the game to Matt, because Matt and I were doing the game on Hot Mike, and I kept saying and to Matt, him. Matt, Matt Peck of Locked on Bulls. Yes, yeah. Matt Peck. We got yes, Matt Nagy yeah. and Matt Peck. I want to make sure we're, that you're not <laughs> talking to Matt Nagy during the game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't think Nagy want to talk to me. <laughs> I don't think he want to talk to me at all. Uh, but if he does, I'm here. I'm a cool guy, man. Yeah. But I would kept saying to Matt Peck, that I should be more excited. I should be, I should feel better. Like I should feel some kind of joy about this victory, but it was just like, it's, it's the lions and you know, the lion's going to lion. And and we saw a lot of that stuff happen that we always see happen to the Detroit <laughs> lions, you know, always they, yeah. they get down there when it was 14, nothing. And they get down there again on their second uh, drive. And, for some reason, they don't kick a field goal. They decided to go for it, and I didn't understand it. I'm like, you've been down there twice. You should go ahead and get three points at least. They don't get it. Um, they just kept doing bu- – fourth and one <laughs> inside of the red zone. 
all you need to do is get the first down. Like, that's a simple quarterback sneak. That's a simple run. All you need is the first down. They decide to throw. They decide to throw it. They went empty. There was not even a running back in the game. He couldn't have handed it off if he wanted to. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? It made no sense. And then I was like, well, yeah, that's the Lions. And that's how they roll. So I want to feel I'm happy the Bears won. I am. I'm very happy they won. But it just I'm just not overjoyed about it. And then I heard the press conference, which I'm sure we'll get into. But yeah, yeah but I'm I'm okay. With with the Lions thing, it's like I I'm really torn on that because, like, yes, they're 0-4, and they're not good. And, and Lions fans will tell you that this season was not one that they think they're going to win a lot of games. This is sort of a mm-hmm. transitional rebuilding thing. I mean, they dumped Stafford and got draft picks, and they've been you know, they've been injured and all that stuff. At the same time, they were within one point of the Ravens last week, and the, the Ravens are a legitimate contender. and They've had some progress, but I guess, you know, the Ravens had, like, two drop touchdown passes in that game. I mean, it wasn't a great game by the Ravens, so... I mean, I go back and forth because, like, if if the Bears had lost the Lions, then it would have been, you know, some sort of catastrophe of of oh, you know sure. how you know how dare you lose to a team like this? So then, do they not, do they not deserve any credit? I mean, I I don't know. It's never it's not going to be that easy again, and especially in this next four or five stretch of games, when you got with the Raiders, the Packers, the Buccaneers, the 49ers, and the Steelers. And I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that a little bit too, as far as uh, where things kind of go from here. But at least it it, it was checking a box of sort like they, they absolutely had to have a performance like this or else the sky was really going to be falling and the fire would be really under Matt Nagy's seat oh no question about it there was no way they could lose to the Lions as, as much as I feel of everything that I said there was absolutely no way they could lose to the Detroit Lions especially at home especially yeah. uh with Justin Fields under center like you there was no way like I didn't expect them to lose and they looked like I thought they would like the play it looked like things were kind of scaled back a little bit um, you know, they gave Justin more protection. Um, and of course, you know, Matt Nagy wasn't on the play calling, or at least so we think <laughs> he wasn't on the play calling. He officially said after the game, Bill Lazor did a good job calling the plays. And I guess I want to know for you, Dave, well, how, at what point in that game did you get the impression that Bill was calling the plays? Because I think for me, I, I, I took notes on every drive, and I think pretty well even that first drive, 12 plays, 75 yeah. yards, Justin Fields goes three for three, all to Darnell Mooney, and I mean, the running game is rolling under center and play action. It, it felt pretty quickly right out of the gate there that something was going to be different about this game. From the first play, I knew he wasn't calling the plays because of the handoff that he gave to <laughs> David Montgomery. And it wasn't the fact that it was the type of handoff he gave him. It wasn't a, a RPO. You know what I mean? He wasn't mm-hmm. in shotgun, faking the handoff, you know, or giving it to him, you know, running that co- college kind of, kind of thing, which is fine because it works great for Lamar Jackson and guys like that, but... David Montgomery, in my opinion, is better downhill. You get put the ball in his gut and you give it to him, and, and you see how he breaks tackles. I was screaming about it last year, why, <laughs> why they wouldn't give him the ball. Matt Peck will tell you. Um, so I didn't understand, but from the first play, you could see it. From, from when I saw that he had nine carries in the first quarter, I knew that Matt Nagy was not calling the plays. Now, there were a couple that I thought Nagy tried to slide in on, on that first play in the red zone when they ran that little thing over to Goodwin. I'm like, what is this? That is silly. That is, that just felt like Matt Nagy calling things. And then they said, oh, yeah, here's the ball to David Montgomery. Go score a touchdown. Things like that. <laughs> it's like so, it's like Nagy takes ahead, the headset back from Bill's like, no, let me get one in here. You're right. put, put David Montgomery in the wildcat and have him hand it off to uh, put a wide receiver in the backfield with him. We'll, we'll do that. Put Justin Fields at wide receiver. All right, good. All right, here you go, Bill. You can do the rest. Right, here you go. Here you go. Yeah. Z64 Trey 3X Razor on six. <laughs> coach, no, Coach. Just 
regular handoff coach let him run the ball but yeah you can tell it you know what i equated to it's like when somebody is playing a video game and they can't get off a board and then you take it and you get off the board for them and oh no i got it thanks i figured it out now (laughs) they try to take the controller back from you and keep playing it was like that you know what i mean that's how that stuff felt with um matt Nagy and bill laser but you know credit to laser though yes absolute credit to him like i said you know he simplified that that playbook uh i know justin Fields said in the press conference he has a very calm voice in his head, in his uh, helmet when he's sending the plays in, as opposed to hearing it from Nagy, who's, you know, probably screaming BU to him. <laughs> but he liked, he just likes that calm nature of Bill Lazor, and it seemed to work wonders for him today. Yeah, to your point about David Montgomery's runs, I remember going through the whole first quarter, all, I don't remember if it was nine or seven of Montgomery's runs came from under center formations. And it was a lot of that 13 person, three tight ends, two tight ends. They brought in an extra offensive lineman sometimes, the fullback in the backfield. Didn't seem like it was that hard to figure this out. And we could all kind of see this sitting at home. And it takes the offensive coordinator get taken over the play calling before we actually like see that happen on the field and be right. successful. But there's a lot more about this game plan I want to get into here with Big Dave on the podcast. But first, I want to tell you about a, a great new app that every listener of this podcast, I think, needs to know about. It's called Get Upside, and it's for anyone that ever puts gas in a vehicle. Listeners can get up to $0.25 cents cash back per gallon of gas they fill up just for filling up at the pump like you normally would. You just download the Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play. And don't forget to enter our promo code TOUCHDOWN to get some bonus cash back as well. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back just for filling up their tank, and there's no catch. The money goes right into your Get Upside account, and then you can connect your bank account for a direct deposit and cash out in PayPal or via e-gift cards like Amazon or other stores. Super simple, super easy to use. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play and enter our promo code touchdown to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code touchdown on get upside. Dave, a lot, a lot more upside with the Justin Fields offense with with Bill Lazor calling plays in this one. Mm -hmm. Did you, did you feel like this was kind of, I mean, was this kind of performance and what we saw from the quarterback and the offense as a whole, is this what you envisioned on draft night when the Bears traded up to 11 and drafted Justin Field? Like, is this, was this the picture that was sort of running through your head at that time? Yes and no. Uh, I did expect the competence. Uh, I did expect the calm demeanor. I did expect the, the excellent throws that we saw. Um, but there, I didn't expect him, because I know he did it in college. I know he held on to the ball a lot in college. He definitely did that. I expected not to see that that much, but you know, we're only three, four games in, so I'm not mad about it or anything like that, but I thought there were at least two that keep popping in my head where I just know he held the ball just a little bit too long, and if he just took off or made a play, it would have been something awesome with that. Um, but it's not, it's, not mo- it's not something where I'm like, you can't play football or you're just terrible at it or anything like that. It's that's something that's very that can be corrected, you know, as he gets more reps, as he gets more plays, because obviously as he gets more reps, he's going to be better and things like that. So, yes, in general, yeah, I, sure. I envision this as far as the calm is concerned. But, you know, no, because he's still kind of holding that ball a little bit too long. So then are you worried at all about Matt Nagy sticking with the plan? He said all along and he I guess he didn't reiterate this after the game, but he said all along that. When healthy, Andy Dalton is our starter, and Justin Fields is our backup. After the game, he was asked, and he said, "We're gonna." 
he, he did one of those non-answers of like, you know, we just got done with the game, we're going to watch the tape and, and work things out as we go along or whatever, which, which leaves the door open for Dalton, I guess, to stay on the bench. But just because Nagy gave up the play calling doesn't mean he gave up the quarterback decision-making. I guess where, where's your level of fear at this point? Oh, I have no faith that Justin Fields is going <laughs> to play again next week. Zero. I have zero faith that he's going to be in the game. Nagy has been adamant about it. I remember they talked to Andy Dalton about it, and they asked him, how does that feel? He's like, oh, it feels great to know the coach, you know, has my back and, you know, wants me to be in there and, you know, gonna let me get healthy. And as soon as I get back, it's, it's going to be great. He knows I can help this team. So now you're going to come tell him this week after telling him week after week after week, hey, you know what? No, nah, we're not going with you. Forget the faith that I put in you. We're all ready to tell you all this. We're not going with you right now. I don't think that's going to happen. I have no faith that Justin Fields is going to see the field if if Andy Dalton is completely healthy and ready to go. Now, I don't think Dalton will be healthy and ready to go. I still think he's going to need another week. Uh, but if he's healthy, man, I, I think he's going to be in there. And that's what uh, – boy, as soon as you started talking about Matt Nagy in the press <laughs> conference and, and what he said, I mean, what's so infuriating about it is I've seen this before because I'm a Bulls fan. Mm. So – I know when somebody is BSing and double talking because I watched it for years. You know, I watched, uh, I don't even like saying this name. I watched the ball headed minutes and I watched, <laughs> you know, I watched John Paxson and Gar Foreman do it a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I know when somebody is, 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 you know what I'm saying? Lying to you or BSing you or giving you the runaround and listening to Mad Nag. It's the same thing I used to hear. And that's what's frustrating. I, Bro, just say what it is. Like, we're not kids. Like, just say, we know 2 plus 2 is 4. Quit trying to explain to us that it's 5. It's not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just tell us what it is, and we will be fine. He seems to have a problem with doing that. And that's what's driving me crazy when, when I hear him. So when you brought that up about the press conference, that's why my head kind of drooped in my head with my hands, man. Because I thought about that. It felt like like early in Matt Nagy's career, he was so much more transparent. Like, he was ready. Yes. You know, like He's like... I mean, not that he's given away all the secrets, but he seemed so much more. And I can't think of a good example off the top of my head, but with some of the trick plays and stuff, and the team naming, and some of the things they would go through, like in 2018, it was like he was he was willing to pull back the curtain a little bit more on how things were going. And now it's like now it took four questions to even figure out who called the plays in the game that we just watched, and we still don't know. And he's like, "I'm not gonna." And then he said, "That's the last I'm gonna talk about it." And so it's like, wait, we have a lot more questions of like, why why are you so caught up about this? Like he they really had to hold him down and grill him on it, and he was sweating it out a little bit and talking around. He said, well, it still all goes through me. So then, like, is it just a, an ego thing that he wants to feel like it's his offense that and it's his control of this team? Oops, that's my, my video kind of, for those watching on the YouTube channel, my video just went in and out there. But, um, like, his team, and then it's an ego thing because there's a thing he says all the time is, oh, there's no egos in our conversations. Right. There's no egos behind those closed doors. It's a big collaborative effort. But then it seems like there's, there's one big ego then they're sitting at the top of the list colossal ego i mean not giving bill laser giving bill laser credit and then taking it away immediately drove me insane mm -hmm. like he said man he called a great game but you know everything goes through me on the offense you know i i kind of make everything happen you know we get it you know what i'm saying nobody cares <laughs> man like dude, like it's so annoying because it sounds so childish you know it yeah. sounds like you know the kid you know who i don't know the kid who brought home the groceries and then the other one is like, yeah, but, you know, I brought in the water. Like, okay, great. You know what I'm saying? Like, cool, you brought in the water. Wonderful, man. Like, yeah, we all need that to get in the house, but, you know, give the credit where it's due right here. It drives me insane. And he just, he, he I don't know why he became like this, because you're right. I remember when he first got here, he was very transparent. And, and even in those little trick plays he would run, 
they actually made sense. I remember the things he used to run with Trey Burton. I still remember the first play he ran against Green Bay was was the play, you know what I'm saying, was the uh, play with the three running backs. Yeah, like you know the what I'm saying? Just an homage. Yeah, yeah the, just that homage to the Bears. Yeah, like it, it was great to see that. And that has kind of left and just become more egotistical, you know, with him, you know. And, and that's what's I, – I don't know where it changed or why it changed. Maybe it was the double doink and everything kind of changed in his brain after that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like all and, of us. And it flipped yeah. on him. <laughs> and all of us and things. But, but yeah, something something has flipped in Matt Nagy in, in that sense, man. And he has become this version of this coach that we just don't even – like to hear talk in a press conference because it's depressing. One last thing on the Fields thing before we move on. I, I'm with you 100%. Like, of course, keep playing Justin Fields. He gives you the best chance to win. He needs the time to play more and, and get those reps to have better pocket presence and know how long to hold on to the ball and know when he can scramble and when he needs to throw it away. He needs all those things. We're in agreement there. If, if I'm going to play devil's advocate and maybe this, this Nat, Matt Nagy advocate here, could, could you see a, a, a scenario here where you look at the schedule and say, okay, it's the th- well, they were the three and all Raiders, depending on depending their results this week. But then you got you know what is it, Raiders, Packers, Buccaneers, and 49ers are all teams that are good teams, varying degrees, playing at a high level. Maybe you take Justin Fields; he just had a really strong performance to build his confidence, and you sit him down and you let Andy Dalton face the the lion's den a little bit here, and and put him out there against more good teams so Fields doesn't have another Cleveland Browns type experience or at least for the first couple of games here and, and see a see what Andy Dalton can do if healthy but then b I don't know is there any value in protecting Fields a little bit from some potentially really good opponents on the schedule if we're talking health wise and things like that yes there's value uh to him sitting on the bench and letting Andy Dalton like you said go into the Lions den the proverbial Lions den but he's only going to get better with reps He's only going to get better if he's out on the field and, de- and developing chemistry with the offensive line, with the receivers. You remember in that first game um, uh, with the uh, Bengals when, when he got in there and he played, how many false starts there were. There were a couple of false starts because they just weren't on the same page. He and the center were just not – they just were not on the same page. The ball would not be snapped. He's calling for it. He wouldn't get it. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it was the crowd noise. They were at home. So <laughs> yeah. it, it was it was just they weren't on the same page. The throws that he threw uh, were kind of just over the fingertips uh, of the receivers. Uh, when, when Robinson dropped the sure touchdown that he put right in his gut and just fell right through the holes in, in his arms and he dropped it. We didn't see that this week. We didn't We didn't see any of that. Everything was precise. There was no silly timeouts being called. Because they weren't, you know, sure of what was going on. The only silly one was a third and twenty, third and thirty-two timeout that I still don't understand why you call a timeout on third and thirty-two. You gotta get you that screen that in there. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta make sure that screen from two yards is right. Screen. You don't have you don't have a third and thirty-two play. All right, I don't care how many <laughs> plays you got. You don't have one. All right, so it didn't that that's the only. But but in general, you just saw the chemistry get better, and you saw who he has. He's starting to develop chemistry with. You saw it with Mooney a little bit more. Of course, you're going to get away. Robinson, he's an all-pro receiver. You know he's going to get it with him. But you just saw those things kind of happening with him. I don't think you want to take that way. And, and then the offensive line also, because they can learn how to block for him. You know what I mean? Where his patterns, where he likes to move to. Is he going to roll out on this one? When is he going to step up? Whether I put push this lineman this way or this way? You know, like those kind of things you develop just by playing. Those come with reps. So that's will... That's one thing that'll set him back if he sits him down 
is you've seen him actually make that progress and then you sit him back down. Like, I, I don't get that. That doesn't make sense to me. Health-wise, if you want to keep him safe and all those things, of course. You can make that argument for sure. You can even make the argument saying, man, he can learn, you know, maybe just by watching a couple things because he's still not perfect yet. But the things that I'm thinking he's not perfect on have nothing to do with anything as far as watching football. It has to do with him <laughs> actually doing things on the field, like holding the football too long, like getting out there and running. You can't get better at that sitting on the bench. You can only get better at that by playing. I, I'm I'm with you 100%, Dave. I think we're, we're step for step on that. And I, I want to – we've been all focused on the, the offense and, and Justin Fields, of course. It's the big story of the game and the big thing everyone's paying attention to. But I, I do want to touch on this Bears defense really playing at, at such a high level and, and getting back to more of that Bears football when we come back on this Locked on Bears podcast with a little bit of a almost Locked on Bulls crossover with Big Dave. I want to tell you about – a great service that has been uh, really, I think, changing the way people enjoy their entertainment right now. Let me let me ask you if this sounds familiar. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. And it's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Speaking of packages, just recently got in a fresh package of Built Bars, the world's best tasting protein bars, and it's that cookie dough chunk flavor. They bring it back every once in a while, and I got me a full box. Those things are unreal. They're so good. Like all the Built Bars, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew, but they have actual pieces of cookie dough, thus the name cookie dough chunk. Chunks of cookie dough on top, underneath the chocolate, right on top of the bar. It is so good. And like all the other flavors, it's still low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. I really don't think there's anything else in the protein bar market that has that combination of deliciousness and being that good for you without any extra sugar or junk that's just going to make you feel like crap. It tastes like a candy bar, but it's built like a protein bar. You got to try them for yourself. Head on over to builtbar.com and enter our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Felt like this Bears defense is taking more steps forward, right? I mean, it seemed, it seemed like even last week against the Browns for three quarters, you know, the pass rush was there. The secondary was holding up all right, even though you know, things eventually started getting a little bit out of hand towards the end when the offense fell apart. But all of a sudden, you give them some touchdowns and play with a lead and some confidence there. And it, it, it again feels a little bit like 2018, maybe not quite that dominant level, but I guess we, it kind of comes back to what we talked about at the beginning. How much of this for you felt like great defense and how much of it for you felt like uh, it's, it's the Lions? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I guess it was a combination of both. Uh, I didn't think the Lions were, you know, going to score a bunch of points against the defense, uh, but Jared Goff made some awesome plays in the pocket, uh, avoiding the rush and making some completions. He, he honestly did a really good job of that. And Williams had a solid game running the ball also. I believe he had about close to 70 yards rushing. 
on about what 12 14 attempts or something it was like that, eight so. carries for 55 so seven yards oh, a carry eight for 55 okay yeah that's <laughs> that's pretty good yeah so shout out to him for that for sure but in general i just like the fact that our money came to play and when i say that i mean guys like robert quinn and khalil mack uh came to play today uh robert quinn has been awesome this season uh he was definitely somebody i was yelling at a lot last year because I was like, I'm tired of not saying your name. <laughs> like, like, I don't say your name <laughs> yeah. at all. And I've said his name a lot uh, this year. And it's, it's been really good to watch that. And Khalil Mack is Khalil Mack. He's going to show it. He's going to show He's going to show out. And he makes always makes a play that I just say, wow. And the, the sack he made where he jumped over, <laughs> jumped up to, to yeah. make the sack on Jared Goff. I was just like, wow, this dude is, is an alien. Like, it's crazy how good he is. But also, shout out to Gibson as well, because yeah. I thought he played really, really well from that linebacker position, man. But he was on the line a lot, and he was causing havoc out there. Because you think usually, uh, Lauren, when you lose a guy like Akeem Hicks, when he goes out, you see it you see it immediately. At least that's how we've seen it over the past couple of years. We, you see it immediately that he's not in the game and things are going bad. And you kind of saw it like a little bit because, you know, of the rushing a little bit like that. But in general... They played solid, you know what I'm saying, up front and things like that. I, th- I thought they did a really good job, especially that that um, that front. They did a really solid job, man, up there. So linebackers are who they are. You know what Roquan is going to do. Thank goodness they did not call him for a penalty on that hit on Jared Goff when yeah. he slid. Yeah. Oh, oh, I was worried about that, that too. Especially yeah, man, I was very concerned. Especially after they got Khalil Mack in the first half where his, he was jumping up to swat a pass and his arms just like brushed – Goff's helmet yeah. and they got the 15 yard yeah. rough in the pass around that. I mean, exactly, uh. exactly. So I, I was very concerned and I, and I was like, please don't throw it. And they, and they didn't. So that was good. He did have a pass interference call too, which was the right call. You know, he had his hands all over him. So, but it was, it was like a, a seven yard penalty. That's fine. It, but it was a third down. So, but anyway, it, it wasn't bad. The linebackers weren't bad. Uh, they did get gashed on that one drive where it felt like it, it took them seven plays or eight plays, about 75 yards. But they got it all in about three plays, uh, three big, huge plays uh, the Lions did. And it was just big chunks uh, open in the middle of the field for those sec- for the, those receivers. And Jared Goff found them for a touchdown. But in general, I thought the secondary was OK. Uh, they've definitely been the source of all kinds of criticism, and rightfully so, um, since the season has really kicked off. But I thought guys like Shelley were making tackles. My, when I look at cornerbacks, unless you're elite – I, I just want you to make the tackle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, unless you, you, you know who the elite ones are, you know their playmaking abilities and what they bring. But if you're not that, I'm like, dude, if he's going to catch it, bring him down. That's all I need you to do. I appreciated Shelly for doing that stuff today. Uh, Eddie Jackson was a little better as far as tackling is concerned. He was a little bit better. He had a couple that were shaky, but I think we're going to have to just live with that. With Eddie Jackson. I mean, it's just honestly who he is. We just need him to make the tackle when the guy's in front of him. <laughs> That's really all we're asking for right now. And because he has that playmaking ability where he, you know, he he's got to be on the field and things like that. But but overall, in general, I thought the defense, uh, especially those guys up front uh, who led the way, I thought they they played solid. And and I I was looking at the wrong Williams when I when you asked earlier. So Jamal Williams was f- fourteen carries for sixty six yards, about four or seven. It oh, was Damian okay. Williams that was eight for fifty five. Oh, two Williams okay. right right next to each other. So I was got got the two okay. of them mixed up. But with but with this with the Lions offense, it did seem like they moved the ball pretty well to the red zone. Every you know seemingly every drive they got down there. Of course the turnover was the the snap that was early and bounced off Goff, and then they st- yeah. Bears stopped him on fourth down, and then there was the. 
The third one was a strip sack of by Robert Quinn that Khalil Mack recovered. So like they, they they held them in the red zone pretty well until you know you got to the third and fourth quarter there. But the Lions moved the ball per, fairly consistently enough. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the chunk plays that Justin Fields was getting, but they, they right. didn't have too much trouble getting in the red zone. And then you had the uh, the busted coverage touchdown late in the game where it looked like Deion Bush was probably the one who was supposed to carry the receiver vertical and then didn't, and he was wide open for a touchdown. Is it? Is it I mean. I'm a little torn because as much as we want to say, well, it was just the Lions, so don't give the the offense that much credit, it makes me feel even a little more concerned about the defense then, that it it is just the Lions, and they still let them move the ball fairly easily and gave up a, a busted coverage touchdown, even though I mean they did hold up in the red zone. But is that is that sustainable against the Raiders, the Buccaneers, the Packers, and the 49ers over the next four weeks? It, it I don't know. I, I'm torn on how good to feel about this defense because of the quality of opponent. Mm, that's a very good question. Um, I think for me, as long as I've known them, I shouldn't say as long as I've known them, but I, I guess I'll start from the Lovey era. For me, they've always been a bend but don't break kind of defense. Uh, I watched them give up those chunks, and I watched them get those, let those teams get to that red zone, and then they'll shut them down. And then that's it. And you'll get three points or you'll get no points. But that's about it. That's as far as we'll go. That's kind of how I looked at this defense this week. Uh, they bent a lot because, like you said, the Lions were definitely moving that ball. Uh, but early on, they weren't breaking. Uh, they didn't break, like you said, until that second half. Uh, that's kind of where they broke. And that's where the concern came in because that that touchdown <laughs> – that Deion Bush forgot that. I was like, what? And you saw Eddie Jackson immediately yeah, go over. One. Like, what, like, <laughs> like, like, dude, like, dude, what are you doing? Like, that, was your, that was your, yeah, somebody was out of position, clearly. Yeah, somebody was clearly, clearly someone was out of position. I, and I, you heard Akeem Tlaib say it as well. Like, clearly somebody was definitely out of position. That's where you get worried. And that gives you pause. Because it's not so much for me the yards that you give up. It's the points. And if you're giving up those touchdowns, and I mean those deep, long <laughs> crossing route, you know what I'm saying, over the middle, beat the safety touchdowns where he's wide open. That's where it could be concerning for me uh, when I'm looking at the team. Now, if you look at it as far as them in the fourth quarter, uh, those, these last two weeks, that's kind of what it's been. Of course, I don't blame them at all for last week against yeah. the Browns. I do not blame them by any stretch of the imagination. They were dead tired. They were doing the Lord's work out there <laughs> during that game, okay? So I don't fault them for that. I'm just using that in this example because that's kind of when the defense uh, started allowing those points, you know what I'm saying, was was in that second half. And it was like that uh, with the Lions, man. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, Jared Goff was solid. He played well and things like that. But there were definitely mistakes made in that secondary that were giving up chunk yardage. You know what I mean? That's The chunk yardage is really what upsets you and gets you looking at that secondary like, guys, like you said, if you're playing against a, a Aaron Rodgers – or someone like that, that's 35 nothing in the first half. <laughs> easy. <laughs> like, easy. Like, if you're going to play like this. So that's the stuff you kind of got to work on going forward, man. But I thought in general that they did play solid because they bent a lot, but they weren't breaking uh, too much in the first half. I think the, the hope is that this version of the Justin Fields offense can be enough to make up for any kind of deficiencies or or 
decrease in in defensive quality if they if the defense you can afford a few more defensive mistakes if you can have a quarterback in a running game playing as well as everything went with Bill Lazor calling the plays on offense so that's yeah. we, we've now seen sort of the Bears formula for success it's just a question of can they replicate it against playoff quality teams or does that does that only work when it's the 0-4 Detroit Lions and that level of talent Dave I really want to thank you so much for joining us and, and helping us break down this game helping us get a little it's just like there's like a little weight off our shoulders a little bit of like okay yeah. we're 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 back to something <laughs> we don't know what it is but we're 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 back to hope hope is back I, I don't know is is is, yeah. is this what hope feels like again it's it's hard to it's hard to know because we don't fully trust that it's it's here to stay but it's but it's something and I appreciate you helping us work through this man thank you for having me on Lauren man uh, anytime you want me on please just say the word. I hope to come on here again and and it's actual true happiness because I am a happy person and I like being happy, but the bears will take me to a dark place and I don't want to be there all the time. So it'll be just good stuff. I I imagine your bulls might be taking you to some of those places this season. Oh, Well, real quick, but you know, well, we've got you here. We'll make it a brief little crossover thing here. Tell listeners a little bit about what you and Matt do on the Lockdown Bulls podcast, especially with the season coming up here, what you guys have in store and what they should be listening in for uh, if they want their Bulls coverage from you. Oh, man, listen, if you want to hear two guys who have the same brain but are the complete opposite, (laughs) you should definitely listen to Matt and me. Um, We talk Bulls, and it feels good to talk about them this season because we get to talk about them in a positive way. Now, Matt knows that Matt's more – a uh, uh, pessimistic kind of guy and you know <laughs> you know it's, it's who he is and I'm a little more positive and I err on the side of positive but what's great about what's happening with the Bulls this season is there's logic in what we say about them positively because logically you could look at it and say wow this team looks really solid this team looks like it's gonna be a good basketball team so you can combine logic and hope together and get Matt Peck and Big Dave and that's what you're gonna get this season is a lot of that it's gonna be a lot of fun a lot of laughing a lot of silliness. We're gonna. I'm sure it's gonna be some school of rock references, uh, because Matt and I love that movie. And yeah, it's it's just a good time, man. Honestly, it's a good time, and it's a lot of fun. And people now listen for the ad reads, which is all, which is kind of crazy. And but yeah, it's fun. It's just fun, and it's in in depth, and it definitely uh, insightful. And I think we give a uh, good analysis, and we're fair. Like we're fair. We're not just like, hey, this is. Sunshine and rainbows going on over here. No, when it's raining, we're going to talk about the rain. So, yeah, we, we're fair about it, but it's fun. So hopefully I, you all will enjoy. I think fun is, is a great way to, to describe it, and it's been super fun having you on the podcast. We will definitely do it again soon. In the meantime, hang in there and, and hold, on to, hold on to every Justin Fields highlight you can possibly get. Uh, I will. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again to Big Dave for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed our conversation, make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Bears podcast. However you're listening or if you're watching on the YouTube app right now, that's the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. I should have plugged Big Dave's Twitter handle earlier, at BallSports, B-A-W-L Sports. If you want more Bears and Bulls talk, from Big Dave. Of course, check out the Locked on Bulls podcast as well. We'll definitely do that again, and we might check in with Herb Lawrence from Locked on White Sox at some point and try and make this a little more regular sharing of the Chicago sports minds here in the Locked on Podcast Network. It's a little more fun when we you know, bring some other voices in here, some guests, especially guys like them that are just not only 
excellent analysts and, and know their sports in and out, but they have a lot of fun with it too and really can kind of not only lighten things up a little bit, but just makes the whole podcast experience that much more enjoyable. Later on this week, we'll break down the All-22 film from the Bears' win over the Lions and look at some of the specific differences in the offense that led to some success. Maybe break down a couple of the defensive lapses that we're still seeing. And then before you know it, we'll get you ready for the Raiders next week with your boy Q from Lockdown Raiders on our Crossover Thursday podcast. Friday, we will put together a game plan to beat the Raiders and keep this positive momentum going for Chicago. So lots more goodies coming for you five days a week. Appreciate everyone who's making Lockdown Bears your first listen every day. Keep coming back for more. And I hope more than anything else, the Lockdown Bears podcast is making, especially after a win, easier for you to bear down.